Hi, and welcome to episode 8 of the Risk Cast, the official podcast of Risk Management Magazine and the Risk Management Monitor blog. I am Bill Coffin, and with me are my usual suspects, Emily Holbrook. Hey. And Morgan O'Rourke. Greetings. Hey. So it's been a little while since we had another one of these these podcasts, mainly because it's been a rather busy month, and we've all been at the RIMS conference in Boston. Uh, now that we're back from that, tanned and rested, ready to get back to business. And as it turns out, there's been a little um, oil spill. While while we were while we were away, just what? a little a little tiny one. I don't know if. Oh, tell us about it. I never heard of this. You know, <laughs> well, so here's the deal. Um, everybody knows, of course, April 21st, the Deepwater Explorer Ocean Rig, operated by Transocean Limited, contracting for for BP. Uh, basically, it mysteriously catches fire, explodes in the Gulf of Mexico, about 200 miles away from New Orleans. Um, and uh, I guess about a day or two later, the whole thing sinks, and it's it's been spewing oil ever since. Uh, I think right now about 100,000 barrels of oil, about 4 million gallons, have been released into the Gulf of Mexico so far. To put that in perspective, the Exxon Valdez released about two point f- uh, no, I'm sorry, about 250,000 barrels. So the Valdez oil spill is about two and a half times the magnitude of this spill so at, far. So far, exactly. No, exactly. Um, and there's just a ton of a ton of additional oils leaking out. You know, you know, day after day after day. They still haven't. Man- they 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 tried dropping that massive you know um, the, the top hat plug on top. Of I the, thought they did, they did. Are they working on the top hat now? And they were well. They, no, they tried sorry, to do the one top, other plug. Yes, they they, they tried dropping right. a, 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 like like a big cork on it, or like a, or like a big box. Yeah. And that didn't work. And then now they've got the, the top hat is like a big dome, like a second right. a second effort. Um. And I mean, it's not it's not easy. I mean, it's uh, it's five thousand feet underwater, and there's also that one thing I'd forgotten is that they have to maneuver it around the substructure of the rig itself, which is sitting which down is there too. Littered. You know, it's okay. just, the thing yeah. is littered with wreckage. So, um, so obviously it's an environmental disaster of, of huge proportions, and we've got lots to talk about it. Um, what I wanted to sort of jump on, though, and this is, I mean, I, I, at this late stage, not many people in our audience are unaware of this, obviously. Um, there are even, you know, there are people in the RIMS membership who, you know, who who are intimately familiar with this. We've got people in our membership who are with Transocean and with BP. So, apology to those guys for what we're about to go off on. But um, the truth is, this is an environmental disaster of mammoth proportion. There's not an official reason for 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 what's you know for what's caused it. But I mean, what it looks like is that there's um you know the blowout protector BOP device um, somehow failed. What it looks like is what happened is that they were drilling. And they, you know, and and this is a, this is a this is a risk inherent to any kind of offshore oil drilling operation. Um, you're digging for oil, uh, all that, or, or natural gas, or any kind of you know hydrocarbon. It's under immense pressure, and sometimes you get a a big you know kick in pressure when you actually reach reach a pocket or something. And the idea is you have these monitors on the line and it measures the hydraulic pressure of the line. If they get a big jump in pressure, there's something that can basically seal off the the line at the seabed floor so things don't don't gush out. Um, sometimes that doesn't work, and you get these old-time gushers, which are a really bad thing, because the oil comes out of the ground at you know close to supersonic speed. It sprays up all over the, the rig at extraordinarily fast speeds. They're very flammable things, and just the mere friction of the stuff spraying out um, can can produce enough of, a, of an ignition source to ignite the stuff, and that's probably it's probably what happened with the Border Explorer. Um, the, right. the, you know, you know, the the, the you know the plug failed. Uh, they hit, you know, and and there there are other interviews out there by people who have gone who kind of anonymously spoken off record. So there's no telling how reliable these sources are, but anecdotal evidence points to that. You know, what you have here was a fairly regular, uh, a fairly it's not routine, but it's 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 the kind of thing that it's not out of normal possibility. They hit something a lot more pressure than either the blowout protect, uh, blowout plug could could contain, or the thing itself was just you know faulty. One way or another, pressurized hydrocarbon flies out, drenches the, the rig. 
it all goes off, kaboom, and you have a, a pretty massive oil situation going on. So the reason why I bring all this up is there's lots of things we can talk about here. One thing I thought was interesting is that Transocean, now Transocean is, as I understand it, is the world's leading offshore exploratory drilling company out there. They're, they are by no means a fly-by-night operation. Right. Um, their annual report looks like they brought in close to $12 billion in revenue last year, I think. Um, I mean, you know, you know they're, they're you know, a, a very serious player in all this. They, um, they are filing in federal court a petition to limit its liability to just under $27 million. Um, basically, the, the idea of it, and this is, a, you know, obviously, this event killed 11 workers. There is oil all over the Gulf right now. I, I, mean, I mean, they're having a hard time even kind of figuring out how much this is really going to cost everybody. But obviously, it's going to be, I think it's depends, safe. It depends a lot on how much goes to shore because, I mean, you've got cleanup costs and whatever's there. But whatever, right. once it gets to shore, I think, is where they're worried about the cost to tourism, to wildlife, to ecosystem, the fisheries, sort of fisheries, you know, yeah. all. I mean, it's not necessarily expanded to all the places it can go. I mean, it, yeah, kill yeah. the fishing business. They're just waiting to see. I mean, there was I was reading last week that like the prices of shrimp mm-hmm. were going up like two and three dollars a pound. Yeah, which is sort of. I mean, I don't know if it's like you know when you know whenever you hear like when the when the gas goes up at the pump. Yeah, when like something happens, all of a sudden it just goes up, but you know there's no way that gas that they have at that station, like. They didn't pay more for that, yeah. but they're just anticipating it feels yeah. a little bit like that. But there's a lot of truth to the fact that, you know, the shrimping industry is very seriously uh, yeah, it's been in the in the Well, from what well, I understand is that the actual fishing season for the shrimping industry, there's an emergency petition to get to move it up forward just so right. that the shrimpers can actually get what they can out of the water before the oil simply kills it all anyway. So I wouldn't be surprised for the shrimp, you know, for the shrimp uh, crop, if you will, to, you know, to be pretty seriously impacted by the, you know, by this whole thing. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, I mean, right it, now, it, right now they're just dealing with the cost of cleanup, but they haven't yeah. even gotten to the effects because no, I, well, well, this, is so, this is so different from the Valdez situation because I mean, you know, up there, I mean, you don't have a heavily populated area for this this right. I, I, up in Alaska. I mean, as bad as that was, and it was a epic disaster to to be sure, but it was largely a wildlife disaster. It didn't impact populated areas nearly to the extent that this is already impacting populated areas. Um, my understanding is apparently the stench of the oil you can actually smell it in New Orleans. Really? Which, yeah, which which I remember reading that from from a report, and that, that just strikes me as amazing because yeah. I mean, I, you know, Bourbon Street has a funk all to itself, and I you can smell <laughs> oil over that. That's that's quite something. Um, so yeah, so Transocean is asking to limit its liability for a mere twenty seven million dollars. Now, how I mean, do they? How do they? What grounds that, do they yeah, have? Yeah, how is that possible? That? Are they a limited liability company? Well, no, 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 no. It's 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 um, it's actually that. not that uncommon. What here? Here's here's kind of how it goes. Uh, it's under the Limitation of Liability Act of 1851. All right, when they had a lot of oil wells and, and deep sea oil wells, so that was very relevant. Well, this is true, actually. I think I think <laughs> by 1851 we hadn't even um, successfully drilled for oil yet. Um, but think, hey, I, the law's I, a law. I think. Well, I think the Titusville well was in 1859. So I mean, it's probably right. No, or 1869. That would be the first oil well, by the way. Yes, the very first one. Yeah. In what state? Titusville, PA. Wow. Yeah, the oil was the oil, at that point. The oil was was seriously almost leaking out of the ground on its own. They didn't have to drill very far to get it. So, uh, but here's the thing: under this this liability act, um, a vessel owner is only liable for the post accident value of the of the of the vessel and its cargo. Okay, and as long as the owner can show that they had no knowledge of negligence in the accident. Uh, then, then what they say is, you know, here's what the thing is worth now. This is what we should be limited to. And prior to the accident, the Deepwater Horizon was was supposedly worth about 650 million dollars. Now they're saying, well, it's it's a twist of 
burnt Scrap out wreckage metal. on the bottom of the ocean, it's now worth uh, just about $26.7 million. So our liability should be capped at that. Now, here's the thing. It's not – it is and it isn't. Yeah, is, but they just leased it out, right? It was their, their no, no, lease no, to BP no, or the other way around? No. It, no the way, here's, here's how it works. Transocean owns the facility. Right. Okay? They lease it out to BP. BP pays said. them usually a daily – this is back when I used to cover this for, for Ambest a little bit. Um, and I don't think it's actually changed. The petroleum companies will actually lease the oil, the oil drilling companies by day. Um, you know, you know, you know, for 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 drilling. Now they may have long year contracts with them, but I mean, generally speaking, the costs are, are tabulated on a relatively short term basis. But it's that's how the costs rack yeah. up. So BP hires Transocean. Transocean gets its rig out there to start drilling. Whatever they find, they find it, they cap it, and then BP gets a patrol, uh, gets a production rig out there, and they sort of sits on top of that and just sucks up all the oil, and then either and then tanks it up and ships it away. So this this rig was just meant to drill a hole in the earth and to find oil. Once they're going to find oil, then BP would have brought in a second. Right. Right, 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 Set exactly. Up. And so when you see pictures of, of rigs, they're like those massive, like almost like a big skyscraper out in the ocean, and they've got the helic pads on them, and you yeah. know, you know, there's like a huge building and all that. That's a production rig. That's a much bigger deal than the exploratory okay. rigs. The exploratory rigs are mobile pieces of equipment. They're actually floated out to an area. They get to an area, and they either, you know, they either float in place or they have legs that they ratchet on down or you know or whatever. There's a bunch of different ways they hold them in place, and they sit there and they just drill. And they're sometimes called wildcatters, you know. But the point is, this thing blew up and 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 it's it's done. The, the point of this though is that Transocean doesn't really expect to limit its liability to 20 mil, 27 million dollars. I mean, it's it, it it knows it's not going to work. What it does do is it helps it kind of basically it's a procedural thing. So it now anybody who's filing lawsuits against Transocean and there are many um they kind of have to regroup how they're going to do it and they have to refile all these things federally. And so it buys Transocean a whole lot of time, and also gives them the first say in where the venue will be picked. Right. So, so, so it's very much a legal liability method of risk management, quite honestly. You know, so and it's and it's it's totally legal. I mean, this is something they can do. They, I mean, it's it's not it's not an illegal move or anything. And apparently, this happens a lot in maritime maritime crashes of this sort. I mean, it's 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 kind of along the lines of. Um, uh, IATA, the International Air Tra- Air Travel Association, I guess, way back when, limited um, limited the liability for any passenger death to like, well, initially, I forgot what it was initially, but eventually got raised to only a million dollars, right? And the idea was it wanted to protect the fledgling air airline industry from liability costs that could destroy it in the case of of a single crash. Right. And then what happened is, as the airline industry got much much bigger, right, and one and one million dollars per fatality became a ridiculous number. It was kind of hamstrung by its own efforts because then what would happen is people would, as soon as there was a crash, even if airlines would want to pay out well more than that, they actually couldn't by their own standards. And so people were kind of forced to file lawsuits against airlines to get what they wanted. It was a, it, it was a situation that served nobody. It's a real bad. It was a real bad thing. Okay. Um, this is sort of along those lines in that you know this is a this was a law meant to protect shipping you know from from you know onerous liability things in case something like this were to happen. Um, and just and cargo ships and all that, Be- because these rigs are mobile, they fall under this maritime law. They're considered for the purpose of this law, like a ship like or like a, or like right. a boat, even though it's not really. It's just a it's a but it floats. It, yeah, it's, it's it, in the water. It, yeah, it's a floating building, you know. So, um, yes, you know, but basically, it's it's a legal tactic, and now it's things to get their ducks in order, I guess, so they can you know you know have a have a better chance of fending off the legal onslaught that is sure to follow. So. Yeah, they've got they've got a lot of problems. I mean, they were they were they were, they were all down in, down in uh, Washington pointing fingers and saying, "Was yeah. my fault? Was it my fault?" BP, Transocean, and whoever else was the other one. Well, I, well, as I understand it, I mean, the way the 
the things are organized between DP and Transocean is that Trans is that Transocean is actually not liable for cleanup costs from the oil from from the oil spill. That that all falls upon BP. I guess because BP sort of bought the oil, right? And BP has has uh, from everything you can read has shown no uh, reluctance to accept responsibility. Yes. I, I, you know, you yeah. know, BP is definitely step. I mean, from the very beginning, BP has gone. No, no, we will we will pay for this. You know, yeah, it makes and, them look good from a rep- reputation standpoint too. We well, you know, it really it really does. I mean, I, I mean, it's I, the only thing they can do. I mean, as good know. as as good as somebody who polluted the entire Gulf of Mexico can look. Well, it's true. At least no. if you act contrite about it, and supposed to say, I don't know, like Toyota was having their problems, and, yeah, and just were kind of like, um, no, yeah, mm-hmm. it's nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> we didn't do anything. It's the exact opposite. You know. Well, I mean, you know, you know, BP has been out there in front, and and you know, as much as we like to knock companies, knock companies for doing bad reputational risk management, I mean, BP has done what it can do, I think, in this sort of situation. That's I mean, I, I mean, right they have been very clear in saying, look, it's not our fault. You know, you know, the problem happened on Transocean side, and Transocean's going, well, we're not paying for the spill. It's, it's a BP thing, and th- it's all true. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, eventually, eventually, it's all going, it's all going to come out. But Transocean is not a small firm; it's a very large firm. So clearly, the um, and this is one of the unintended. So, so, you know, consequences of this this maritime law that they're invoking is that it kind of forces plaintiffs' lawyers to sort of pool their resources to re- get all the depositions going on. Well, I don't know about you. If, I mean, anything that gets more than one plaintiff's attorney in, in a room at the same time can't possibly be good <laughs> for the for the defense. You know, so right. you know, this the size of these of the lawsuits that are going to come out of this they're probably going to beg your belief. And even though even though Transocean is not going to be held liable for the cleanup costs, there's still 11 fatalities to deal with. Depending on depending on how that if if they're found to be negligent because there's been there was early reports saying that yeah. perhaps there was certain safety equipment that either a wasn't included should have been included or was you know or BP had fought against you know because well, for the most part it's not I mean there was I um, I did research and it's slipping my brain but uh, a lot of the they, it's not it's more of a let the market regulate sort of situation. Well, then, then an actual government yeah. regulation. Here's the standards you have to follow in in this yeah. instance. So they weren't necessarily the depending on who you talk to. Yeah. They weren't necessarily keeping up every bit of safety procedure that they could. Well, you don't have to look all that much farther. I don't know if that's true, though. Well, you don't have to look much farther than the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal to come across stories that basically talk about how the the government regulatory agency it's overseeing this particular kind of operation is actually rather small. Right, and, and, and it's seen, it it would appear to the casual viewer. That it's outsized to the risk. It, 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 its size is very much not proportionate to the possible risk we're talking about. Now, it's been said that this this particular spill is kind of kind of a once in a lifetime sort of thing, but you know, you know, I mean, what what, what does that really mean? I mean, once in a hundred years, once in a thousand years, who it doesn't really it? matter because it's happening now. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, know? I, I, as far as we know, there's I don't really care about the frequency that it could have been. Maybe yeah. we, you know, it's. <laughs> spilling spilling oil right now. <laughs> There's a hundred percent chance that this just happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, What's uh, the odds? Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. There, you know, it the, happened. You know, the, there you go. So this whole event has brought a lot of publicity to BP's history of spills. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know about this until reading about it just uh, a few minutes ago. In 2005, in Texas, um, a refinery blew up, killing 15 workers. And then after that, the company said, you know, that was that's our fault, like they're doing now, and we vow to, you know. About to uh, follow the safety measures more closely. Yeah. And then the next year, uh, same thing kind of happened in Alaska's North Slope. Uh, giant oil spill with two hundred thousand gallons. So I don't. Even, I know you don't like gallons, but that's what it says. Hang <laughs> Let's on. Let's see how I, many I, barrels I have a calculator here just for the purpose of this. What podcast. kills me is he actually knows uh-huh. the conversion in his head <laughs> about it. now. What's the conversion for gallons to? It's forty-two gallons per barrel. See, did 4, you 000. all know that? I didn't know that. Now we do. <laughs> Knowing's half the battle. Four thousand seven hundred and sixty-two, basically. Yep. 
4,762 barrels. Yes. Barrels. That was their 2006 spill. Now, why do you prefer barrels to gallons? Because oil is priced by a barrel, not by gallon, and because okay. frankly, the media I think is using gallons because it makes for a larger number. So they'll say, "Oh, it's you know," and 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 it's also been weird. Cause I, I've actually seen, I mean, outlets like CNN confuse barrels and gallons so far, and it's just annoying. I wish they just stick with barrels because that's you no. Know, I mean, it's a matter of how you know, what plays to your audience, right? If you're, if you're just reporting this to Main Street, well, people can understand what a gallon of milk is, right? Yeah, 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 or, or how big it is, right? They can you can imagine a gallon. Nobody really ever has a chance to. <laughs> come up to and look at and and pick up you know a barrel. Or, or a barrel of oil right I mean they can imagine what a barrel might be they've seen barrels in their right? life <laughs> right you know but they don't know what, how many gallons are they don't know how big right. it really is they just know you know we, you know a barrel of oil costs X well how much does a gallon of gas cost me you know and right. and, and oil and gas are not the same thing no obviously you know so 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 you're looking at this from an industrial standpoint barrel is really the the measure you should be going by not by gallon but the media loves gallons because bigger numbers so well, there you go just to add one last thing to this um. In this New York Times article, it says that regulators are investigating a whistleblower's allegations of safety violations at the Atlantis, which is one of BP's newest offshore drilling platforms in the Gulf of Mexico. So I'm I thought you were the casino first. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry. I'm interested to see what will come of that. I think BP's in for, you know, a long ride with yeah. this. A lot of yeah, trouble. and it's, like I said, they supposedly have a history of fighting certain yeah. safety things. I mean... Of course. Uh, well, but that's just what happens. Yeah. You all, I mean, if, if you weren't necessarily mandated. Sometimes you just choose not yeah. to until something bad happens. Well, you know, you know. Again, this is a story I've been following with special interest, not for the least reason because I'm, you know, environmental issues greatly interest me. But, um, you know, and also I had the chance to, you know, spend a couple months really researching this industry, you know, a while back, and it is a fascinating industry. I mean, there's so much that goes into it, and the truth is that even under the best of circumstances, even with the most stringent risk management, the most stringent safety protocols, the most recently built equipment. Oil exploration and production and refining is just an inherently dangerous business. I mean, there's just no getting around that. And that's one thing that people need to understand. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of rigs out there all doing this. And the truth is that this is just dangerous work. There's no, there is an inherent risk with doing this. You cannot get around it. Um, and, you know, stuff like this can and will happen, you know. Um, it's it's just a nature of, of, the, of this, this sort of work. It is unfortunate it happened right Right as there's been all this effort, there's all this political back and forth. Yeah. You know, so, so right now this is one of the things where an environmental issue and the polit- and the political tide happen to intersect at just the worst time for the for the petroleum industry. Um, and that's led to some interesting fallout fallout as well. Yeah, I know they finally win the, uh, you know the the drilling advocates finally. Obama says, "All right, we'll drill." Yeah, yeah and then and kaboom. The worst thing that could happen for that that measure yeah. to continue is to have something like this happen. Well. And I have something to say about that before I get to it, because we're about to veer into crazy land, conspiracy theory type stuff, and yes. this has got me so upset. Uh, <laughs> Emily's like, yes, I don't like movies, I but I don't like conspiracies. <laughs> well, you know, um, it's yeah, the conspiracy what, that Obama did it? Is that the conspiracy? Yeah, 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 yeah kind of. Um, <laughs> anyway, but this way, it's, it's put forth by people who kind of wish Obama did it, so it's... it's right. Yeah. All right. But one thing I have seen that, that's legit, though, is that, uh, you know, I, there's like a 2001 report from BP talking about the... The BOP, the blowout preventer that that is being used, you know, for this sort of operation, and and it mentioned how it had like more than 200, 200 different po- this particular point piece of equipment being used had more than two hundred points of possible points of failure, really? right? You know, and you no, know, but and, and the thing is, I mean, now I don't know much more about this except that you know some senator got their hands on it and went, how can how can any device that's got more than two hundred points of failure be a failsafe? This is impossible. And my and my first thought is, no, let's wait, let's be reasonable here, okay? 
saying, I mean, a car has got 10,000 points of failure on it. I mean, a point of failure is where something could go wrong. It's not saying the thing is cracked and is falling apart. It's just saying that there are, it's, it's, an ex, it's, a blowout preventer is a very complicated piece of machinery. It's got a very important job to do, and it's very, very complicated. <laughs> the whole operation is very complicated. Um, so, yeah, I mean, does it have a bunch of points of failure? Sure. I, I'll buy that. doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad piece of equipment. I mean, look at a rocket ship. You know how many points of failure on a rocket ship? I mean, it doesn't mean you shouldn't send it out in space. It just means that you have seven. <laughs> oh, no, more? <laughs> Nine? No. Um, Nine. You know, you know, but, but it just means that your risk management requirements on that are that much higher. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that, that that's all it means. But getting into crazy land. So, so... We're going to crazy land, Morgan. Wake up. I'm, I'm, I was reading about this other <laughs> thing that they didn't have. Supposedly they didn't have something called an acoustic trigger, which is actually required in only two different countries. Norway and Brazil. But it's another one of those, like, it's like a third level of shutdown yeah. if okay. they had one. But since, B, you know, BP is a U.K. company, and I'm sure even if they were a U.S. company, those are, it isn't required. Yeah. So they didn't have one. So, of course, but these sorts of things, right, these sorts of things that anybody can come up with something that they should have had that they didn't. Right. They or can, anything. Second guess. And that is when all of a sudden the liability went, is going to be an issue for them. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just going to be, oh, well, you didn't, you chose not to do it. It starts to become, well, you killed people, too. Exactly. Are you negligible and negligent because you knew yeah. there were ways to prevent this? Yeah. Which is where it adds to the costs. Exceeding billions yeah. and billions of dollars. One place I see here, right in front of me, fourteen billion. But that's for everything. Clean now, up and all that. Now, we were talking before we started recording. You had a figure on possible insured. Well, insured, according right? to AAA Insurance Information Institute, uh, the insured losses are about one one point four billion. To date, you mean? That's yeah. Okay. The uh, no, that's their that's the exposure. Oh, oh, okay. For so, which is fairly modest yeah, considering. Yeah. Um, and Morningstar, an investment research firm, has said that a lot of the loss of business and um, environmental cleanup and things could exceed $4 billion. Mm-hmm. I've seen the cleanup listed as high as $7 billion. Um, it goes all over the place. I mean, we're yeah. all, it's all billions, It's all and it, depending on how you edit up. Uh, fishing could lo- is losses fishing industry in Louisiana, $2.5 billion. Tourism, $3 billion. Yeah. Depending on who you talk to. Yeah. But it, suffice to say, it's all multiple billions of dollars yeah. in every facet. Now you add them all up and you're getting to ridiculous yeah. numbers. One thing I do find fascinating real quick is that I mean, as massive as these numbers are, if you keep in mind more recent hurricane hits yeah. and, and, and even you know the the damages from 9-11, it still pales before all that. And it just it speaks How a about lot. How about the bailouts that are, that are you know, from a couple well, of years back? That's scientific mutation. We can't even – this podcast not authorized to bring in numbers that We spend quite big. a bit of money. <laughs> if in the end this thing ends up being yeah. $20 billion, that's yeah. relatively speaking. But in, ter- yeah, but in terms of disaster management, I mean, in, uh, when we look at the last 10 or 11 years, $20 billion is within the realm of what the system seems to be able to bear – you know, I mean, not nobody's happy about it, but I mean, I mean twenty is a high, high thing. I mean, I, the highest I thing I said is, is no, and twenty million like is by no means 15. a small number, and it's, yeah. it, it's still talking about an enormous amount of jobs and livelihoods that that are that are you know wrecked because of this. And considering um, BP, I'm sure they don't make twenty billion dollars a year. I don't know what they make. Well, they make a whole year. lot less, um, <laughs> because I can I can tell you this: since since the explosion, okay, BP stock price has dropped twenty one percent from about sixty dollars a share to about forty eight fifty a share. Um, Transocean's stock price has dropped down about 26% from 92 from about $92 a share to 68.14 uh, per share. Um, I, I do say, curiously, um, Transocean's uh, three-letter symbol on the tickers is RIG, <laughs> R-I-G, which I thought was pretty cool. But anyway. Cool. So here's a, here's so the regardless, thing. Regardless, we're back to whose fault it is, and supposedly yeah, there is, we don't know this. The North Koreans did it. Did That's they now? I thought I told you. Those dastardly... 
they are good people. Okay. Or possibly well, not all of them. Or possibly environmental terrorists, but almost certainly the North Koreans. They're dash- North Koreans. dastardly terrorists. I know they probably took one of the little submarines, went through the. Dastardly is my no. favorite word of the week, yes, by the way. Yeah, so just want to I want to get it in there at least multiple times. So here's what I, here's what I stumbled across, and this is where we get into crazy Stan, <laughs> is that. So I was, I'm looking for news about this thing as I'm, you know, you know, when I'm at, I'm at, the, at the conference, you know, looking, trying to keep on top of things. And I come across this, and it's 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 one of those things where the utter lack of accountability and willingness to vet stories online just seems to have no end. And this came from, I guess, from what I can tell, it came from basically the Russian version of the Weekly World News. You know, so it's, uh, you know, it's, and, and strangely, Russia has gone from, like, Pravda, which is just, you know, wholly not, not, you can't count on it. It's gone like just as un- just as, just as unbelievable in the other in the other direction. Now they're just printing whatever the hell they want. It's like it's it's like it's like Pravda again. It's just craziness. Here's the thing. Apparently, this is based off of some report from the Kremlin. So it's we're already two two stages off of off of anybody taking any kind of you know accountability for the story. It's a report. A report. According to sources, long story short is this: um, a North Korean cargo vessel, the Dai Hong Dan. Um, left Cuba, staffed with the 17th Sniper Corps Suicide Troop, and they basically veered left and uh, fired off a little mini submarine to the um, to the Deepwater ex- Explorer. The reason why they targeted Horizon. it, so, yes, Horizon. Sorry, Deepwater Horizon. There might be a Deepwater Explorer that's alive and well. We e- wouldn't want them to. Be and <laughs> that's a very very good point, especially if I'm going to start talking about media credibility and yeah, accountability. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to be, I need to get my names right. So, the Deepwater Rig. <laughs> well, actually, and, and you know, even that's unfair because Transocean has a number of rigs with a name Deepwater. I'm sure that's what I'm saying. The There's name, probably so. Deepwater Explorer somewhere too. Yeah, so, uh, so it goes, it goes, so what it goes out, and the story is it fires two torpedoes and boom, hits the thing, and then it and then it self detonates in a suicide move underneath it to make it all sink down to the bottom of the bottom of the, of the thing, and that you know and that, that explains and, it, and that Obama has issued a news blackout about this. He had to stand down the military. Federal SWAT teams were seen on, on, on scene, you know, after the initial fire. Why were they there? All this sort of craziness. Um, and and, and the, the theory is that <laughs> is that the reason why the North Koreans would do this is because it would force Obama into an impossible dilemma where he has this massive leak underground. The only way that's proven to do this is to detonate a nuclear bomb down there to seal the plug. I guess a lot Armageddon. So... Wait, really? How would that seal the plug? I mean, this is Russian journalism. You, you know what? This. Stop it. You're, you're letting <laughs> the truth get in the way of a good story. No, no, just knock it off. Okay. Use your so, imagination. Right. So is the Bruce idea, Willis so going to take it down there himself? I know. And, and <gasps> well, they better bring on Steve Buscemi. He was awesome. Uh, well, there. yes. And, and, and they need to have two people to drive the truck. And Michael Clark Duncan. You need him, too. And Sylvester Stallone? No. No. <laughs> you know, we are nice filming try. a different movie, so why yeah, not? Yeah, different we'll movie. We'll bring him along. Okay. Might, yeah, exactly. But ben, ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, too. And Aerosmith will be there rocking in the background the entire time. Well, they time. need a soundtrack. They need a soundtrack for the, for the, for the deep water. This is the movie Armageddon. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How did she miss Armageddon? I don't want to see it. It was, it was like a presidential you mandate. You should really you want to see it, but you should have to see it. <laughs> oh. No, it's, I don't have to do <laughs> I don't have to do what you say. <laughs> yeah. no. So anyway, you're the, the boss of me. So North he, Koreans blew up an oil rig. North Koreans blew up the oil rig, and only which way would to force Obama them. to with the, with a problem that he could only stop by detonating a nuclear bomb underground that would somehow then plug the 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 hole. I think that would just make a bigger hole, but I don't know. Um, it would th- also fry the entire right, Gulf right. of Mexico. <laughs> right, yeah, and apparently this would be this would be defensible in international law. The reason why the North Koreans would want this is because nuclear. Um, Nuclear negotiations are due to start, and so how could the United States 
force say no. yeah, yeah, you know, say no when they're using their own nukes and they're off their own it's shores. Like hammers you know, right. when you need to build a house. Right, 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 exactly. So and then there's Armageddon. Right, you know, so, you know, <laughs> and 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 the, uh, the the rig itself was I believe was built by Hyundai Heavy Industries, yes, which of course is South Korean. Right. So it's discredited South Korea as well. Why North Korea would have to either go through the Panama Canal or down the tip of South America to discredit South Korea, where they can just simply fire water balloons over the mountains at the city of Seoul. Who knows? But so well, I'm going to give it the credit to North Korean scientists to know that all of this would have happened. The spill would would belch <laughs> yeah, right. oil for days and days and weeks. Yes, and the, you know that one little submarine was going to have the perfect amount to collapse an entire oil rig, which is yes, no. Well, small this is feat. a country that's having a hard time having its citizens not eat grass from sidewalks because of chronic food shortages. True. Are you serious? Not uh, true. That's yes. no good. No, no, the food shortages in North Korea are. I'm sorry, North Korea. Are get, you, get your stuff together and stop worried about blowing up oil rigs. They're extraordinary. Yeah, right. Yeah, so here, right. Food. So you hear the story like this is craziness, right? Well, this story kind of like gets in the ear of a lot of a lot of kind of right wing blogging, really. Um, and one of my favorite takes on it is from this thing, that, you know, examiner.com. This is a New York paper, but it had the, the conservative side. And this guy's going off. And I'm going to read a couple snippets from this from this from a. Um, <laughs> guy's named Anthony G. Martin. He's and he's he's their their pundit on the staff, I guess. Um, and <laughs> he's going off about how you know Obama's wording is is acting as if this is an act of sabotage. Why do you have SWAT teams on there? Blah 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 blah. And this is great. It is to be remembered, however, that if the explosion is the result of an act of sabotage, the source of such an act may have absolutely nothing to do with North Korea. Environmentalist extremists have been known in the past to engage in acts of violence to get their message across and to prevent what they see as the raping of the environment by the wicked, demented oil companies, nuclear energy companies, and others who do the demonic work of providing essential energy for the country, the energy that runs the computers from which left-wing shills sit in their underwear in their mama's basements spouting extremist propaganda. Of course, the best way to get it. Now, if that doesn't get the irony tag, I don't know what does, but hey. Yes. Hey, uh, in any case, you know, we didn't, you didn't, it wasn't so, obvious. Yeah, you know what you do when you have an environmental concern? You create an environmental yeah, much disaster. Much worse, yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Sometimes you have to burn the village to save that the village. Makes sense. Now, I'm, I'm no. trying to, th- now, using that line of reasoning, that would mean that, all right, we created this big disaster, it takes forever to clean it up. Look what we've learned. Oh, my God, we can never have offshore drilling. That's that's hopefully well, the goal, right? The, For the, if you were an environmental the, 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 the re- yeah, yeah. You know, the reasoning is, uh, you know, as you know, in response to the the expansion of offshore drilling, and also as a climate change bill is just reaching yeah. the halls of halls of Congress now, the idea is, oh, we're going to do this, and it's going to force well, a certain number of you in, know legislative changes. Which legitimately, it'd be nice though if if people were to say, well, we're at the point now where we're drilling in high risk areas. You know, it, we're yeah. proposing to drill in higher risk areas. Yes. Gulf of Mexico isn't the deepest par- body of water; it's still a mile down. But you know, the further and further you go, compared out to, to say like you know other parts of the world, then yeah, I'm just it saying, is, but there's probably oil shallow. all over the place, and it's going to take a little bit of effort to get to it, and it's going to run the risk higher. So you know, it'd be nice if this is the sort of impetus to maybe actually finding alternative fuel sources that aren't comical, you know, that aren't a waste yeah. of time. I mean, I agree with that idea. That sounds like a good idea. But the fact is. We don't have any infrastructure set up to run on anything but oil, so we're getting <laughs> oil out whether you like it or not. Yeah, and the truth <laughs> is that no environmental extremist is going to put down their latte at Starbucks long enough to figure out how to blow up an offshore yeah. oil rig. I mean, come on. That's hey, maybe right. they would. Yeah. You know what? It's good. It's yeah. a good cover. But, but it's sort of. But 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 and it would take a lot of effort. But you know, but we're not we're not me out. This gets more to more of a more of just a, a general media story, and this ultimately circles back to reputational risk, right. which which is that you know. This isn't the only blog that kind of sounded off on this and basically talking about, hmm, timing, this is awfully suspicious. Maybe it's not an accident. Maybe, you know, the, you know people we don't agree with politically did it, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, trying to throw the blame back on Obama and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's, it's clear. It, 
Occam's razor, it's an industrial accident. It happens. It's and, a, and to be fair, to be fair, I'm sure there's equal number of blogs that that point to the, the deregulation policies of oh George yeah, Bush no to doubt. Say the reason why no the BP or whoever didn't have whatever they sh- could have yeah. had is because they weren't required to do so, and you know George Bush is yeah. evil. As much as they're saying somehow Obama's evil, everybody's got totally their own agree. agenda, and they can take a disaster and twist it to whatever ends they need to. Obviously, right. as far right. as submarines and. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I should, and should say the only reason why I was looking for these sorts of stories is only, and I didn't even know this was around until somebody goes, "Did you hear about the North Korea theory?" I'm like, "The what?" You know, and and, and so I had look at, it. I didn't even bother looking up the the equally crazy stuff on the left. Who, yeah, the, you know, the, you know, yeah. like you said, you know, what, you know, because you know Halliburton is involved in this in this rig because you know they provided some equipment, so you know right then and there, the anti Halliburton folks are just cranking oh, yeah. that stuff up. Oh, it's Halliburton. They, you know, whatever. You know, it's 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 not. It's accident. It's, it's, accidents it, it's happened. Accident. We all exactly. were. Everybody was all about. Let's. We're all about driving our cars. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, you, there, until, you, until you walk the protest. There's a price. Unless, you wanna, you know, unless we want to abandon all of our technology. But what I find interesting is that this isn't the only blog that kind of was, was covering this as legit, as as a, with with a lot more legitimacy and credibility than they really should have given it, okay? I mean, obviously political bias was, was sort of carrying the day here for these particular sources. But what was fascinating to me was reading the reader responses to stories like this and people going, well, you know, wait a minute, you know, you know, you know is there anything to disprove this? You know, you know, people taking it really a lot more seriously than I would imagine you'd ever see. And, you know, it's funny. I was talking to somebody the other day about how the RSS feed is one of the worst things to happen to the media industry. And I was like, why, why is that? And I said, well, it's because when you – what it really does more than anything else is it enables you to listen to, to, to only to, one voice. To only one to voice. And, and you just want to be told what you want to hear. That's all that, – you know, that's all there is. Right. And you have a whole – media culture out there that they're just sort of everybody's building RSS kind of helps you build this echo chamber for yourself you're only going to want to hear what you want to hear especially as news gets more increasingly politicized and what I see with this situation and you know and you know, like the one senator freaking out about the fail safes and the BOP it's not that it's not that different from when I saw you know the senatorial subcommittee grilling the guys about AIG right I mean clearly these guys don't really know the industry that's involved here they didn't know the insurance industry they didn't know AIG just as they don't know this they don't know what goes into drilling, much less a disaster. Yet, there's this need to play to the public, okay? And the public are buying shares. The public are not writing letters to their congressmen. The public is still deeply involved here. So the need to actually engage this on the on the real, true technical level, I mean, it seems like there's two different ways to handle the crisis. There's Let's actually handle the crisis. Right. And then let's get involved in this crazy, let's talk about it in kindergarten terms, make people feel better, you know? And the problem is that kindergarten level... That's helping drop the share price of these companies. You know, I, I mean, right now, I mean, BP's share is almost certainly down because, well, it's got it's got legal liabilities they're going to look at in the long tail. Same oh, way, yeah. same way with Transocean. But I guarantee you, there are people out there who just hear about it, and went, you know what? Forget it. I'm out of here. And they're not even looking at the information. They're not looking at the possible long tail upsides for these companies. They're just going, eh, I don't like it. I'm out of here. And that's fueled by this weird media echo chamber where people are willing to talk about this without getting any kind of information. And that it, it puts a further sharpening on that whole notion of rep- reputational risk we keep bringing up time and time again. Well, it's, it's impossible. We think about maybe it happens 20 years ago, you got your local newspaper and the local and the, and the 11 o'clock news. Yeah. Maybe you have CNN, maybe you don't, depending on what time frame you want to look at. 20 <laughs> years ago is probably a wrong time, but 30 years ago, say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah no, 20 years, only, 20 years ago there was... 20 years ago, 30 years ago, <laughs> no? I, I don't know how old I am anymore. 42. Pre-CNN. <laughs> is that what it is? But, no. he does, but he doesn't look a day over 50, does he? No, not a day. Pre-cable news, pre-24-hour news cycle, you had, you had your newspaper and you had your you know 11 o'clock, whoever your choice of the three major. Or your radio. Was. 
Radio. Yeah. But you but you had very limited sources. It's just of in. <laughs> Oil in the Gulf. And no one says. <laughs> no one had the, <laughs> the the soapbox yeah. that they do now to say North Korea blew it up with a submarine. Yeah. It just doesn't exist. So now you gotta remember it's so much harder to re- manage reputation when every reputa- every crackpot almost has equal opportunity to get yeah. on the soapbox and maybe get picked up by oh, some random blog talking about risk management yeah, when it could have fi- fizzled away into nothing. Yeah. You just perpetuated a, a conspiracy theory I, I because did. it sounded cool. <laughs> yeah. but, but in the past, we had no we had no way to yeah, do right. that. Yeah, yeah. So oh. we're all just perpetuating whatever sounds cool. So if you come up with something outlandish, now imagine trying to rep- manage the reputation of something that is completely like – there's no way to know what crazy story is going to ha- tr- get traction on the internet. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's difficult. I, 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 it sucks. That's why you got to be a little more. Uh, oh, you just got to be aware of the fact that that exists. I guess. Yeah. I don't know, which is probably why it's good that you know somebody like BP would be right out going, oh, "We're sorry, we're going to fix this." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, if you let like five minutes go by where you're not responding quickly, yeah. all of a sudden you're, uh, you know, you're in league with the aliens yeah. and the uh, Scientologist. Oh wait, no, yeah, like talking. Toyota. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody went after them for that. No, it's just yeah. the vacuum will be filled with yeah. something, and it may be something that you have no way of stopping from just snowballing out of your control. Absolutely true. So you absolutely can't no. let there be a vacuum. I don't think in this yeah. these days. And and you know you, you know while we while we've been we've been sure to mention BP actually Transocean has been out there in front as well from a media relations standpoint and and one thing that they really ought to be commended for I should say is that I mean a lot of rumor has kind of jumped into the channels especially online about about you know what's happening and you know who's been forced to sign what paperwork before they got ashore and all that and Transocean's been pretty transparent about it if you go to their website they've got some so, I mean, and they got things rather clearly stated um, now now it, I mean. There's only so much you can throw that out there. I mean, you can only get information like that in the hands of people who want to read it. Again, yeah. it gets back to the echo chamber. People want to think the worst of these firms based on nothing but just their own prejudices. You're kind of stuck against an impossible challenge there. You're not really going to get through that. But, I mean, looking at it from a corporate communication standpoint, it looks like BP and Transocean are doing everything you can really expect any firm to do in this kind of situation. All I mean, they, I, like I, th- I think I said no. before, it's all they can do. Oh, yeah, you know. Silence is not – if if you consider silence to not be an option, yeah. then yeah. the best you can do is go, well – what I thought we'll was clean in- it up. Thankfully, they have the money to do so. Well, what I thought was interesting is that I, I jumped on this forum called Drill Ahead, which is a a forum, uh, basically populated by people from the oil and gas exploration community. These are people who actually work rigs. They know what they're talking about. It's very technical talk. I mean, it's it's easy to kind of feel you're out of your depth there. No pun intended. Um, but but you know the the general tenor of that conversation though was you know. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know. Oh, jeepers! You know these guys are bastards because there was an oil spill. It's always they always talking about. Well, you know, how could the failure have happened on the blowout protector? You know, how could the hydraulic pressure have, have spiked? And it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of question there that that's exactly. I mean, among these are guys who are professionals, right. and I mean the 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 prevailing opinion. I mean, not even prevailing. I mean, it seems like the only thing they're taking seriously at all is the fact that this is what it appears to be. Something it was failed. basically yeah. a gusher of epic proportions, and it just took out a lot of, and it had, it took out a huge amount of equipment, and it happened at the bottom of the ocean, and it's been really, it's been really hard to, to, to you know, to, right. to take care of. Apparently, though, the leak could be much, much worse. What happened is when the, when the whole thing exploded, the main pipe kind of kinked, kind of like a bend in the straw. So what's coming out? of the seafloor is actually less than what it could be. I mean, there could be a hell of a lot more oil coming out there. Hmm. Uh, we just happen to catch a lucky balance as far as the, yeah. the destruction well, goes. Hopefully they can turn it off, so to hopefully speak. Hopefully they can. Hopefully they can. Before it has any more lasting effect. Indeed. Indeed. So, Well, I think I've said about all I can say on this one. You guys have anything to offer? Not on, not on this. On this? I'm good. Oil, it's, it makes for some uh, amazing photos. You should check out if you have the chance. I think it's a Boston Globe 
Yes. They they're running. They seem to be running groups of amazing photos. I mean, heartbreaking as as impressive as they are, and heartbreaking. And I think Bill said, even though he didn't want to say, oh, so I wouldn't even attribute it to Bill. It's me. <laughs> Seeing that oil in the water is kind of pretty looking until you realize that it's oil and that's an environmental disaster waiting to happen. It I mean, is kind of pretty looking. I have to say, it, look, it's it looks orange it and purple. Really, it looks and very swirly and cool. I got every say. every major every news magazine, the Econom- I think it was the Economist, Business Week, yes. Bloomberg Business Week showed showed up. Uh, mm-hmm. Time had another one too. Strangely beautiful photo of yeah. the oil. You know. It's it's hypnotizing. Yeah. but yeah. you should check out it if you get a chance. Check out the Boston Globe site. They have some a pretty good bunch of photo essays they've been putting up. Yeah, pretty fascinating stuff. Cool. Cool. It's my endorsement, at least. <laughs> Emily, what do you have for us today? Yep. Um, Daimler, the German car maker, is being fined $185 million for bribery. Apparently, people associated with the car maker have been bribing government officials with tens of millions of dollars, in, mostly in Russia and China, and there's also like 20 other smaller countries involved. Um, I th- I thought that was interesting, but then I came across another news article that made it even more interesting. Um, there's a report out that says half of Russians believe bribery solves problems. <laughs> I like the headline. I can see the headline from here. Bribery solves, quote, problems. <laughs> problems. You know what I you mean. Got problems. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. I know a guy. Yeah, let me tell you something about bribery. <laughs> I mean, in Russia, it says 50 bribes bribe you. <laughs> yeah, well, Russia right? bribes you. Yeah. In Soviet Russia, I don't problems know solve bribes. I don't know. It's, 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 it's all reversed. It says that 55% of the respondents to the certain poll said they believe that bribes are given by everyone who comes across officials in Russia. Were they bribed to be part of the poll? Uh, see, that's, oh, that's what this asterisk says. Yeah, but if they, were bribed yeah. Part, <laughs> if they were bribed to be part of the poll, they wouldn't say that they Bribery's were bribed. Bad. Yeah, it's a bribery. Is there's no bribery here? Uh, so, uh, this is true. That's a good Depending point. on who's giving the poll. Yeah, you know, unless it's yeah. the opposition party, but I don't know. <laughs> who knows? Opposition. It's the Levada Center, whoever that is. Oh, they're very uh, oh, very big in bribes. bribery. It says only ten percent of those polled believe that only cheats and criminals bribed officials. Yeah. So basically, only ten percent think it's wrong. Basically. Yeah. Right. Well, what do you think? Me? Would you, would you bribe? I would be able to ten percent. I'll pay. I'll pay you twenty bucks to change that answer. Okay, you got. It. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when you really think about it, <laughs> yeah, right. Somebody really says well, that. I mean, think about it this way: if you're in a country or a culture, whatever, whatever the case may be, we'll say country because we're talking about Russia, um, where you have to bribe people to get ahead to get anything done. Mm-hmm. You kind of have no choice. Well, regardless of your morality, say you you, you know this is what it, what you if you stand, stand on your morals, well, your business doesn't happen and you you starve. Yeah. So so in order to you know actually food on the food on the table or you know you know paychecks paychecks for your employees, got to got to bribe the fish. Something along those lines happened to IKEA. Actually, IKEA was trying to get a store opened up somewhere, and I'm probably gonna get the details of this wrong. So by all means, if you're interested in the story, jump online, go to a credible news source and look it up. I know I know the BBC has covered this extensively. Um, but I mean, the, the long and the short of it is that IKEA was trying to get shops set up in Russia. And I think they were trying to do it in Moscow, St. Petersburg, and they found like they just had extraordinary bribery problems to deal with people. Everybody wanted their palm greased, and you know things like you know the city would just shut off power to the stores. They have their own generators on site to keep things going and all that. To me. And it got to the point where um, it got it 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 got to the point where so much was was stopping things that eventually you know 
and, and Ikea had a very strong, like the, own, the founder of Ikea was like, we are not going to bribe people. We're just mm-hmm. not going to do it. We'll do things like we'll set up our own generators. We'll, we'll make ourselves so self-contained that they can't possibly mess with us. And I guess what happened is that the guy, like the VP, the one of the, the top you know, second-tier guys who was handling things in Russia, finally turned a blind eye when pe- lower people were started bribing people just because they had to get things done. They wanted to get the store up, up and running. And I remember that the head of Ikea, was, he was so personally betrayed by this. I mean, it really, really killed him that this has happened. But but you're up against this kind of a – it's a very difficult situation. I mean, how much are you going to endure before you, re- you figure, well, I'm just going to – this is how the game is in this country. Well, it's not like you – know? and it's not like you almost – it almost if, – if 90% of the people are for it, then what, you're not like – it's not like you're going to get busted for it. Yeah. Then again, though, Di- Daimler was – you just said Daimler was fined. But, yes. where, but so who are they, they fined, though? By? Who are they fined by? Exactly. Justice so they find him by, by the U.S. Justice Department. U.S. Yeah, U.S. District Judge uh, oh, there you go. Richard Leon ordered ordered them to pay criminal fines and civil pen- yeah. penalties that amount to 185 yeah. million for bribes they took in Russia. Yeah, and China and 20 other smaller countries. Yeah, but mostly Russia. Were, yeah. and China. The United Nations does some interesting studies. Um, on the cost of bribery across the developing world, especially, mm-hmm. and it's not just a problem in Russia and in China. Like in, I mean, like all, especially like in Africa mm-hmm. and in much of developing Asia. I mean, just this the kleptocracy involved is such a kleptocracy. Yeah, write that down. That is a fantastic word. Oh, yeah, yeah. kleptocracy. Did you <laughs> just make kleptocracy. that up? No, no, no. It's a, that's, that's We're writing it down up. because we it's all kleptocracy with the, with a K. Uh, I see. The kleptomania. There you go. <laughs> no, no, kleptocracy. Govern- governance by thieves. Really? You know? Yeah, and it's and it's it's pretty much you governance know. Governance by thieves sounds like an awesome movie title. That would be a good title, right? <laughs> governance by thieves. I would never watch it. The Parliament of fools. Yeah, no, it's kleptocracy. It's not like a uh, kleptocracy. Yeah, klepto- <laughs> I yeah. like it. Yeah, no, but anyway, the problem is, is that. In a lot of the developing world, this problem alone is like the number one inhibitor to economic development because everybody's on the take and nobody's willing to. It's so impossible to for one person to make a stand against yeah. it. So the whole system is, is corrupt, stays corrupt, and foreign investors don't want to get involved because why bother? You know, it's just an it's, extra it's cost also, of doing business it's now. Extra cost. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, you're never going to defeat bribery by like bribing somebody to the point of saturation, right? You're never gonna be like somebody's like, right, you know what? I can't take any more money. I'm sorry. I, I've taken yeah, all you know, that my I account take. is full. There's no more. There's no more zeros. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I've got a house. I've got a car. It's I just stop. Just you know, like my friend could use some. Give some to him. Okay, you know. <laughs> and then yeah, I, 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 I mean, there's no end to right. it. So it's like you can either so bribe. Then, or all not right. So bribe. then, if you think so, then it becomes the cost of doing business in that region. So if you just fold, if you think about it as just, you know, Machiavellian yeah. like. This is what I have to do to do business here, and this is how much it's going to cost. It doesn't just no. cost this. It costs well, what else do you have on, 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 well, on the fine file here? Uh, the Russians will pay to obtain better medical services. They prefer to buy their driver's licenses. Um, they bribe police when they're caught violating traffic rules. Uh, they also pay to ensure that their child can dodge the draft. So basically, oh, I'll bet that. Uh, yeah, I can see that happening. So basically, everything. Oh, yeah. But like, but you can't do a lot of these things. The casualty figures that came out of Chechnya were like Vietnam level for so long, and people were doing anything they could to keep their kids. What you're saying is basically anything that you could do, you could bribe your way in right, or if out. If you of. have, if you have enough, if you have money, money you, you can, can do yeah. anything you want. You got the right. cheddar. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think it's just so much more prevalent in Russia than the U.S. Well, well, you know, actually, I would you know, when I, when I, I was in high school, I got a chance to go to the Soviet Union back when it was still the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend with me, and we were told straight up, yeah, you can definitely bribe over there. Just bring things that they can't get in the free market, things like blue jeans 
and sneakers and um, Sony Walkmans and cigarettes, like American cigarettes. And so, yeah, man, I brought over a couple of cartons of Marlboros. Nice. Now, I've never smoked in my life. You know, I brought over those. I brought over extra pants. I it's brought currency. over also. Yeah, so yeah it, it was currency. Anything good? Yeah, I got um, I got a. I got a uh, a national soccer jersey and I got a uh, a Russian military jacket, <laughs> which is pretty. And, 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 and a tiger. And pretty <laughs> <laughs> a tiger. <laughs> exactly. A Soyuz rocket. And a wife. <laughs> Wait, so Don't bust on Sasha. So you, okay, she's very nice. Russian, you, wherever, she, you, wherever she is, Sasha. I'm sorry. You got a soccer jersey and what? I'm sorry. Uh, a Russian military uh, officer's jacket. And I was so Did you worried. literally get it off of a Russian military officer as he's wearing it? Like, <laughs> yeah, I got blue jeans. No, no, no. no. Um, Orges you like a no, but, but, but But I was so I was so concerned I was going to get caught smuggling stuff out of the country that, um, you know, you know, the day we left, what I did is I actually um, – <laughs> I, I I stripped down and I, I put I put the jacket I took all the metal off of it and I put it into my suitcase so they wouldn't you know notice you know like the little pins and metals and badges and all that wore it on and then I put my shirt on my sweater on my coat on on top of that just to hope that you know they wouldn't if they patted me down they wouldn't feel it or anything I was like so 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 nervous I was like oh my god they're gonna catch me I'm gonna go to gulag it's gonna be awful you know um, and we got and here's the thing is we left on a Monday morning. And everybody's security was so hungover. They were just like, "Just go, just go." And, and I mean, I could have honestly, I could have walked through with a tiger and a rocket launcher. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly could have. I, I, they didn't even look at the one guy. Literally, I'm not kidding. The one guy had his head on the counter and just pointed towards the door as he walked by. I could have, I could have had weapons. I could have anything. I could have smuggled anything at that point. I was like, "Oh my god!" And I had a friend with me, and he just so loved this bribery culture over there. He went, nuts. and this is in the Soviet Union. This is like, I mean, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the supposed totalitarian regime. Nothing ever. No way! It was what a nation of scoff laws, and it was astonishing. At one point, he bribed some traffic cop in the middle of downtown Moscow, some carton of cigarettes, to hold up traffic both ways, so he could run into a, like a two-way busy street and try and take a picture of some government building wasn't supposed to be taking a picture of. You know, you know, and high fives the guy on the way back. It was astonishing. It was astonishing. The, last the last night we were in Russia, Russia right? right? This is the high school, 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 school group, by the way. And it was, and it was, it was us. It was us. It was us. It was from private school. No, 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 no. That's pretty smart. That went to. But there was another school. An all-girls school. This is like a movie on the We had a toga party. There was nonsense going on. I can tell you. But there was a teacher. The teacher school high school had left. You were previously preaching this to the high school. Anyway, anyway. Um, um, the last night, last night in, in Moscow, Moscow has been great big dinner in this room, room and all that and all that. And it just, it just, it was just insane. Everybody was just drinking like crazy. It was nuts. There's a whole crew, like 20 Irish guys, who had the other tables in the room, and they're just, they're just bonkers. They're taking, you know, champagne bottles and shooting on corks and like, and there's a live band in the room. So by the end of the evening, half the lights in the room were shot out and they're firing off the corks. It was just, it was just, it was just. It was bedlam. It was utter bedlam. At one point, I go to my friend Mike. I'm like, you don't want to even bribing everybody you can find. And, and I swear to God, this is true. I go, Mike, what are we going to do when the police show up? And he goes, oh, don't worry about it. They already did. And he points. And there's this, there's this, there's this cop in the room. He's dancing. He's got a bottle of wine in one, in, in one hand. His hat's like askance. His tie's kind of undone. And he's like, oh, hey, how you doing? My friend's like, how you doing, man? He already and took care of it. He already took care of it. I'm like, and I, was like I was like, you must be happy here. He goes, Bill, I never want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was, it, was, it was astonishing. And yeah. one lone tear trickled out <laughs> yeah. of his eye. <laughs> no, it was, it was he just, bottled it and then sold it. <laughs> exactly. no, no, no. It, it was insane. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, I, so I could totally believe what you're saying. I mean, yeah. it was, I mean, even then, before things opened up, there was a, such a corrupt, a culture of corruption there. Just, 
and we were just high school kids. We didn't have anything really serious. We're just you know yeah. penny any stuff. And frankly, half the stuff we were trading for is probably being knocked off in like sweatshops. You know, just it's not even authentic. But you know, we were we were into it. But it was cool, for it, you. and it was all under the table. I mean, you weren't allowed to have any kind of transaction like that. You know, but people were doing it. So yeah. that corrupt culture is still going strong, as you see. Indeed, indeed. Well, so if you ever go to uh, Russia, I guess you bring a lot of cigarettes. Money. Cigarettes might not be a big deal now. It's open. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it's money. Now it's not a lot. Bring some cash. Bring some cash, or shekels. <laughs> well, no, you could do. You could bring. You guys hear about this gold ATM that that, that just oh, yeah, yes. unveiled in, in in Abu Dhabi? Mm-hmm. This is awesome. You, you put you money in, get, put money in, get, get, get gold get, bars you, out. Yeah, you got a little <laughs> ten gram gold chip. What I kind of wonder out. is, gold is last I checked twelve hundred dollars an ounce. Yeah, yeah it's take? all time high. Yeah, and um, it's not. But that's like that's a that's a high quality ATM. You got to be walking around with a lot of cash to start spitting <laughs> it. It would take you forever. Just Wait, to, you know what I love about this? And then all this? you get is a little gold. That's just an ounce. Yeah. And how much? So it, no, no, it's it's what's ten grams. You know when you go to an ATM and you know they only have twenty bucks. When you're a college kid and your account didn't even have twenty dollars in it, or you wish you could find the one that had like a ten dollar bill. Yes. Like sometimes some somehow I don't think the Abu Dhabi's got impoverished college kids saying, going like, up to the gold machine. What if they have? They're a looking limit. to get just enough for a domino. It's like you, you could know? only put in a million dollars in cash because we only have really big gold bars yeah. or small gold bars. <laughs> yeah. It's a million dollars a whole, a whole or half just a million dollars. Clunk, clunk. It's like a, like a soda machine just, just drops out. Like they're not like leaving like li- it's not like they're leaving <laughs> little chips. You know yeah. they they've got to have a certain minimum. Yeah, right. Right. Well, table minimum. Or well, <laughs> only I loved is that the guy said, you know, right now it's it's just a cash machine. They're they're going to work on making it a credit card thing as well. Like, well, that's just fantastic. Holy, holy gold rush! I know, right? Somebody shows up with their platinum card and just swipes out all the gold they can get and just leaves for <laughs> leaves Dodge. Wow, that is actually a really good idea because if you just decide to take, yeah, you could take the gold because it can't, yeah, and then you're gone. Then you're gone. Exactly. What's American Express going to do? <laughs> I mean, they have to send out hitmen. You're already in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, yeah. So you're already not where your account originated. Yeah, oh, yeah, exa- exactly. So then you max it out because mm-hmm. you don't have a spending limit, and then you just disappear. <laughs> what a great, what a great call that would be. Hi, that's a good idea. <laughs> like just poof. Hi, Mister Mister Work. We have uh, there is no Mister Work anymore. He's been. <laughs> nope. We have gone. Hex. We have a, we have a. a a hundred million dollar charge on your card in Abu Dhabi from last Wednesday. Yeah, you know track me about down. It? I'm not, you don't even know where I live anymore. <laughs> exactly. I'm under. I, I have my. I have a deep sea layer, like a James <laughs> Bond villain, because I had eighty billion dollars in gold bars. I could buy an island. Would you or would you not welcome North Korean submariners? Of course I would. <laughs> I so want their subs. We'll just. Yeah, well, we're not going to blow things up. We're just going to have. We'll, 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 We'll ride around. It'll be like a, a ride. <laughs> we'll ride around. We'll just hang out. Come on, Morgan, jump we'll, on board. We'll joy ride. <laughs> I'll tell him no more blowing up oil rigs. Now, you, now. you. you. <laughs> so, did you have something about about you read today? Uh, something about heart. I risk? will. Uh, I, yes. So, of all the all, the, of, let's let's end on a lighter and yet not so light note. Anybody who's working late, stop it. No more. Go home, because according to the BBC, if you work overtime, ten, twelve hour days, you have a sixty percent increased risk of heart attack. That's pretty insane. Yeah. That's what they say. Well, I would love to talk about this more, but we are at time. So <laughs> thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> we should get out of here. We should need to get Over out time. of here. Overtime. Bye. No, no, that's 15. it. I, I, can't, I can't possibly justify this going this on any longer. So anyway, thanks to everybody for listening, and uh, please make sure to stop by www.riskmanagementmonitor.com for all the latest news and insight from our blog. Also check out RiskWire, which we're now producing in-house, our daily helping of news stories uh, powered by the Risk Management Monitor blog. And also be sure to stop by RIMS.org and the Risk Management, Mag- Risk Management Magazine website for news and features. So, right. And go home. <laughs>
<laughs> Twelve o'clock. Or, yeah, or if it's not, go home. Yeah, before you go home anyway. Just tell him I said so because you don't want to get a heart attack. That's Morgan O'Rourke. He said so. <laughs> it's it's on a blog. It must be true. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Democracy. Bye.